All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Joe Biden. And last week, uh, there was a whistleblower. Now, that's an important word. What is a whistleblower, Pat? Uh, That's somebody who blows the whistle on something they just found out, some secret uh, that this, in this case, the the Trump administration had. Right. And a Uh, whistleblower is on the inside. Yeah. And has special information. Right. Right? They have access. A whistleblower is someone who has access to information that nobody else has. And because they have the access, they bring it out and say, look, here's the documents. The tobacco companies knew the whole time. That's a whistleblower. What the press has been reporting on is not a whistleblower. It's like a little old church lady that is involved in gossip. That's what they had. The whistleblower came out and said, do you know that the president spoke to the Ukrainian foreign minister and threatened him? said there would he would retaliate if they didn't go and investigate Joe Biden. Well, that's pretty amazing. And the whistleblower would would be somebody then that had inside information, was standing in the room, saw the transcript, somehow or another had special information that no one else had. And he went right from the Oval Office right to the press and said, "You have to understand I have this information. I've got to blow the whistle. But that, again, is not what happened. What did happen, Pat? Well, instead, uh, somebody was apparently having a beer with someone else uh, at the office, um, mm-hmm. somebody else who works with them in the office, mm-hmm. and they were at the a bar. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were in bed, and there was a little pillow talk. Mm-hmm. And the person uh, who gave the whistleblower the information said, hey, you know what, I... I guess Trump just called the Ukrainians and uh, and threatened them over the Biden thing. Wow. I'm going to go straight to Congress with that. So this is secondhand information that this whistleblower has, and he took it to Congress. And it was a rumor. It was a rumor. And it wasn't even done at work. So it's not like one colleague said to another. We don't even know if they're colleagues at all. It might have been some lover. It might have been just a friend at a bar. And it's something that, that was gossiped about somewhere outside of work. So we have we have now completed the circle of, um, of social justice. You don't need any facts. You don't need anything but a rumor. Now, whose fault is this? Well, this is the fault of really the media, because you know what a political party is going to do. If they can shop a rumor, they'll shop a rumor. They just they're just trying to win and win at all costs. They don't care. So is it the Democratic Party's fault? Well, kind of. I mean, but that would be expecting them to actually care about the truth. And I don't think either party When it comes to the party, I don't think they care about the truth. They just want to win. And so that's where a press needs to come in. And the press comes in and they say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have a whistleblower that says this. Yeah. What's the name? Can't give you that. Where do they work? Can't give you that. Well, how did it come about? 
Can't tell you. Well, did they? Do they have evidence? Can't tell you that. <laughs> do they? Do that? Did they hear it? Can't tell you that. That's pretty solid. Let's run with it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. That's not the way you run a business. That's not the way you run the press. No one, Pat. Out of all of the things that we have exposed from Tides Foundation, Acorn, uh, Van Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Planned Parenthood, Google, anything that we have run, have we even ha- have we even been close to that low standard? Oh no, never. Because we we can't. We, we can't. can't. It. We can't. We would be just delegitimized. Or taken off the air completely. Yeah. What are the two? I mean, that's Alex Jones stuff. Wouldn't have any credibility. That is truly the way Alex Jones runs his place. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've heard that there's a pizza thing and they've got (laughs) children trapped in the basement. That is the same thing. And instead of people coming in with guns, instead, your politicians go in with impeachment papers. Now, this is so this is so good for Donald Trump that it is almost as if the pillow talk was happening between him and Melania. You know, uh, if you just went to the uh, press, Melania, (laughs) and told them that you you didn't even hear it. You just heard that there's a possibility that I was talking to the foreign minister of Ukraine and I threatened him. <laughs> Darling, that's brilliant. So she goes into, you could, you could make the case that this was a setup by Donald Trump and the White House. It's that good for him. Now, you could only make the case if you do exactly what CNN and CBS and ABC and NBC did, and that is just run with no facts. I could make the case to them. Would they print it? I have. What do you, what do you have on that, Glenn? Oh, no, no sources. But I'm a whistleblower. <laughs> oh, you're a whistleblower. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I, Pat and I were having breakfast the other day, and we were talking about it. And we had heard that Donald Trump actually told Melania in bed to act like a whistleblower. Why won't you run with it, press? They probably would. Yeah. <laughs> they probably would at this point. This is crazy. If it was anti-Trump, I think they would run with it. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. You remember and that it's... Brian Stelter story where he had the guy on and they speculated for about 10 minutes that 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 Donald Trump wasn't just colluding with Russia, that he was an actual Russian agent. Yeah, spy. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he, he, was, he was a he... lifelong spy for the Soviet yeah. Union in Russia. Yeah. Because, you know, he was very close with Russia in his younger years. Unbelievable. What? What? They don't the care. The ombudsman for, for uh, CNN, Brian Stelter, is, is speculating that the president is an actual Russian agent? Wow. So why did this happen? Well, why it happened is even more fun. Why it happened is even better. And I'll tell you that in one minute. All right. So why is this? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, let me just give you. Let me see if I can find it here. 
Let me just give you a quote from <laughs> uh, from uh, Joe Biden about uh, Iowa. Uh, Mr. Biden, do you have to win Iowa? Do, do we think we have to win Iowa? No. Do we want to win Iowa? Yes. Yes, we do. We think we're going to win. We know it's going to be a dogfight. And the same thing is true in New Hampshire. We don't have to win New Hampshire, but we'd like to. Well, at some point, the front runner has got to actually be out front. And the first two races, he's not out front. The Biden campaign is starting to fall apart. And uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Elizabeth Warren looks like she may be the presidential nominee for the Democrats. I can't believe. Can you believe that? No. I thought she was done with the Pocahontas. I thought so, too. I thought, you know, a little powwow chow and she'd be done. Uh, Apparently not. Uh, Apparently not. Uh, So she is now leading the polls in Iowa. He is in, I think, collapse. He's at the very beginning of just full-fledged collapse. uh, And he's desperate. Do you have the audio of him um, yesterday turning on Fox? Uh, we have that. We have that yes. in the studio. Here it is. Yeah, Listen up. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you let's, know? Let's talk, you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader okay, uh, trying to intimidate a foreign <laughs> leader? Uh, he's, he's not. Yeah, he's on the phone with our, Good point. <laughs> yeah. He's that's the president. They do. They talk to other foreign leaders. <laughs> right. Uh, and intimidate, he didn't. No. That was a rumor not coming from a whistleblower. That was f- a rumor. The, the foreign minister of uh, the Ukraine said... He never said that. That that didn't happen. It didn't happen. This is the birther story. Yeah. That's what this is. They don't mind. They, they don't care if they're lies. They're outright no, the, lies, the and they just spew story, them. The birther story started with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, a, a Donald Trump thing. I mean, he ran with it after, but it started with Hillary Clinton. Now, so he says, we need an investigation uh, on Trump. Well, you've you've already had one. Now, here's Lindsey Graham saying, you know, an investigation would be good. Listen, Joe Biden said everybody's looked at this and found nothing. Who is everybody? Nobody's looked at the Ukraine and the Bidens. Nobody's looked at the role the Ukraine played in the 2016 election. Do you think the media in America would really look at it and report on it if there was something bad for the Bidens, or, or they unduly interfered in the 2016 election. So here's what I'm calling on. Yeah. Calling for. I'm calling for somebody in the Justice Department to look at all things Ukraine. We've looked at all things Russia and Trump, his mm. family, everything about his family, every transaction between the Trump campaign and Russia. 
Now it's time to see whether or not the Ukrainians released information regarding Manafort, who is Trump's campaign manager. What relationships, if any, did the, the Biden world have to the Ukraine? What role, if any, did the Ukraine play in the 2016 election? So nobody's looked at this, but somebody should. So I'm hoping the Department of Justice will look at the Biden-Ukraine connection like we looked at the Trump-Russia connection. So you're All right, here's Mike Pompeo on what Americans deserve to know. If there was election interference that took place by the vice president, I think the American people deserve to know. We, we know there was interference in the 2016 election. And if it's the case that there was something going on uh, with uh, the president's family that caused a conflict of interest and Vice President Biden behaved in a way that was inconsistent with the way uh, leaders ought to operate, I think the American people deserve to know that. All right. Now, last one. Here's Representative uh, Devin Nunes on Biden. The left knows that Biden's son is a problem for him. This is why when Hillary Clinton was running, these stories first originated, first originated back when Hillary Clinton was trying to make sure that Biden didn't get in the race. So now that these have been resurrected, I, I don't know who came up with the scheme. Maybe there really is. This whistleblower yeah. is not a partisan. I mean, we want to we want to hear from that whistleblower. But it sure looks like the scheme has backfired. And this, like I said, I think this is probably the end of Biden's just, campaign. You, you, end of his campaign. I, I really do. I don't think, I mean, I, not that he's, he's still formidable. He still has a, a block of support. Yeah. But if you look, his, his lead is basically down to zero. So let me start again, or let me finish again with where we started. Listen to him on the campaign trail when Fox asks him the question, have you ever, how many times have you talked to your son about his business dealings? Listen. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Stop. So many- hmm. He's never, because his son says the exact opposite. So now, which one is it? Now, if you don't know about his business dealings, we did, uh, I think we did two shows on his business dealing. And the first business dealings uh, revolve around the Ukraine. But the Ukraine is nothing compared to China. But since we're talking about the Ukraine, we should probably, we should probably go in and look at the Ukraine. Joe Biden is was best pal with John Kerry. This is in 2009. And it happened just in time as Joe Biden was sworn in as vice president. Their sons decide to get together. Joe Biden or Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and John Kerry's stepson, Christopher Hines. Now, here's a father and son team that decide that the fathers should pal around and the sons should pal around. So now John Kerry and Joe Biden are pals. Now remember, this happened just as he's being sworn in as vice president. John Kerry is going to be made secretary of state. And the two sons get together and they decide, we're going to go into business together. They They bring in a third partner. The roommate at, uh, from Yale, Devin Archer. Now, Devin is the guy who co-chaired John Kerry's campaign finance committee when he ran for president in 2004. So the 
the trio decide to do something none of them have any experience in whatsoever. The three of them decide we're going to start an international private equity firm called Rosemont Capital. And we're going to have several different branches, including one that's called Rosemont Seneca Partners with an office in Georgetown, which happens to be right down the street from John Kerry's mansion. And then another one is right by Joe Biden's vice presidential home. Now, it's important to know here that the U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act does not prevent foreign companies from hiring or making special deals with children of U.S. government officials. That law should be changed. All right? However, these business deals, man, they seem awfully shady. And they happen to uh, uh, coincide coincide with visits to the Ukraine from Joe Biden and John Kerry. It's weird. We'll give it to you next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Yeah. Yeah. We're just we're just looking who gets onto the train today and who stays uh, who stays behind. Uh, There are so many stories today. This Biden-Trump story is really important because we're headed towards a banana republic. Did you hear what Nancy Pelosi said? Nancy Pelosi said she wants wants you to be able to indict a sitting president. Yes. That's what banana republics do. Oh, man. That's all you would have to do in order to shut down a U.S. president. Yep. Just start some kind of proceeding against him. We are just headed towards a banana republic, and it doesn't seem that anybody cares. doesn't seem like anybody cares. Um, Also, I I don't know if you saw the news. There's two disturbing text or three disturbing text stories that came out. One, we are six months away from deep fakes. Gee, I think it was about three years ago I started saying 2020. You will see Mm. deep fakes, and they will be pushed to the forefront because of the election. We are six weeks away from undetectable deep fakes being everywhere. Um, The next story is Google's quantum superiority. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, it looks as though in an unverified, it was put up by NASA and then taken down. NASA and Google have been working together. Oh, the government working together with Hmm. Google. Uh, Google has been uh, working with uh, NASA on quantum computing. Quantum computing, uh, they, in this, in this um, report that came out and then was taken down by NASA immediately, so we, we don't know if it's been verified yet, um, but it was released too early, they say. Uh, the quantum computing capability now uh, they solved a problem that would have taken 50 trillion hours for an average computer to do. 50 trillion hours. They solved it in 30 seconds with the new, I think it's a 54 qubit computer. 53 qubits. Qubits. Qubits, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's a separate experiment, something that takes uh, 10,000 years to perform. It's a quantum circuit one million times. 
That would take a supercomputer, the world's best supercomputer right now that we know of, 10,000 years to do. It took the Google computer three minutes and 20 seconds. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, and the f- final, and we'll get to these at the top of the hour, the final disturbing story is uh, how the Constitution is a thing of the past going to be replaced by algorithms. Perfect. Perfect. We have that coming up in just a second. First, I want to go back to the other story. We're going to be covering this tonight on Blaze TV. And I, I urge you, please subscribe to the Blaze TV. If you're not already a member, please do it. Um, we are currently working on Elon Omar. We're going to go back and work on uh, the Joe Biden thing. We're going to show you the, the chalkboards and show you exactly what is happening uh, and it is your subscription that helps pay for those things. And we could really use your support. And by subscribing, you're getting now Dave Rubin, Mark Levin, uh, Stephen Crowder. You're getting this show. You're getting uh, access to so many different voices. This is the largest platform now of, of conservative voices. It's Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com. Please sign up and support our voices as we support freedom of speech. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll save 10%. Okay. So tonight I'm going to go over all of this, and I'm going to tie it all together with a whistleblower. But I want to give you the outline here of, of what this really is, this whistleblower on Trump and Ukraine. What they say is he wanted dirt on Joe Biden. Well, I don't think it's unreasonable to for the United States president to say, did was there dirty dealings going on with Joe Biden and his son in Ukraine? And if so, we would like to know the information. Now, I don't like it being used for political reasons, but the questions should be asked. Now, Joe Biden says he threatened him. He threatened him. Well, there's no evidence of that. The foreign minister said that's not what happened. So where's your evidence on that? This is just trying to turn this around to make it look like Donald Trump did something to kick dust over what Joe Biden did. Now, Joe Biden said on the record he's never talked to his son about any business dealings. None. I want you to ask yourself, if that sounds reasonable, as soon as as soon as uh, the vice president was sworn into office in 2009, John Kerry's stepson and Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, decide they're going to go into business together and they're going to do a private equity firm. Now, n- none of them had any private equity firm kind of experience at all. So we're going to we're going to do this. All right, now there's nothing necessarily illegal about the business deals I'm going to tell you about. Even though, even if the wheels of these deals were greased by John Kerry and Joe Biden in Ukraine and China. But it is such a blurry ethical line, I don't even know how you make heads or tails of this. What Hunter Biden did may actually technically be legal, but it is not something the vice president should ever allow on his watch. All right, I'll get to the Rosemont Rosemont Seneca company, but the first stop on the Biden's uh, corruption tour is Ukraine. 
Two characters you need to know about. Former Ukrainian government minister Mykola Jolzevsky and an oligarch named Ihor Kolomoisky, I guess. He's the head of Burisma. Now, this is the gas and oil company. It's the largest private natural gas company in the Ukraine. So this uh, Kolomoisky takes over Burisma. Um, Zolachevsky created Burisma in 2006, and he created it through a complicated web of offshore maneuvering. It's very common in the Ukraine in business practices, but it, ended, it, it ends up being run by this, this oligarch. I'm just going to call him Ihor. Ihor. Ihor the oligarch. He now runs this offshore business, um, and it's the largest gas company in uh, Ukraine. All right. This guy has a very shady, violent reputation. Um, his thug resume is extensive. He is also on a government visa ban list, so he can't even come into the United States. He can't legally visit the United States. That's how bad this guy is. When Russia invaded Crimea in 2014, President Obama made Joe Biden the point man for the Ukraine. So Joe Biden was on the phone with the Ukrainian leaders two or three times a month. He made five trips to the Ukraine between 2014 and 2017. Now, Foreign Policy magazine said no one in the U.S. government has wielded more influence over Ukraine than President, Vice President Joe Biden. In 2014, roughly a month after the Russian invasion, Devon Archer, you remember him? He's the partner with the Kerry and Biden boys. Uh, Devon Archer visited Joe Biden at the White House. Remember, this is the partner. So we don't know what the meeting was about. They probably were just, you know, you know, exchanging tales about how crazy their boys are. And but five days later, five days after the you know exchange of the cookie recipes in the White House, Joe Biden landed in Kiev for a high-level meeting in with the Ukrainian government officials. He brought with him specific plans for a program to assist the Ukrainian national gas industry, as well as details of a billion dollars in U.S. insistence in loans. So I'm bringing with me a whole buttload of money where you can help your natural gas industry. Isn't that helpful? And Burisma happens to be your largest natural, uh, natural gas company. Isn't that crazy? Now, part of the energy uh, portion of the program read, U.S. technical experts will help Ukraine develop a private, public-private investment initiative, a public-private investment initiative to increase conventional gas production from existing fields to boost domestic energy supply. Now, coincidentally, just the day after Biden uh, arrives in the Ukraine with this big American deal to help with investment in natural gas, Devon Archer, the partner, you know, with Biden and Kerry, he's named to the board of Burisma. What a coincidence. That is uh, such what a coincidence. Odds? It is. It's like, huh. 
<laughs> What's going to wow. happen next? I mean, who knows? Maybe Ilan Omar will marry your brother. <laughs> Such a crazy coincidence. Then um, he's uh, he's in the company with the oligarch that's not permitted to be, uh, you know, here in the United States. Then three weeks later, Hunter Biden also joins the board. Huh. Right. <laughs> OK. Uh, these are unusual coincidences. Well, it, what's really crazy uh, is. um is the connection between Joe Biden coming in and saying, hey, we're going to help you retool your natural national, uh, your natural gas industry mm-hmm. through public private partnerships oh. and the largest natural gas company privately held is the one his son is now on the board of. No, but. It's only because both of them, their experience in the natural gas industry. Oh, it's extensive. Like go, goes back. No, they didn't minutes? have any. No, they did. They didn't have not any. even minutes. Worth not of, even no, minutes okay. worth. Uh, they didn't. They didn't have any. But hmm. their investment house uh, that they had, you yeah. know, uh, they also didn't have any experience in in you know investment They're houses. Just quick either. learners. They're just They're very quick, quick learners. Yeah. 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 So they they joined the Burisma board right before the British government announced that it was freezing the London bank accounts belonging to Burisma. So <laughs> so it's such a corrupt company that London, right after Hunter Biden is on, uh, they freeze the bank accounts. Now, nine months later, the British government finally gave up and unfroze the accounts when they couldn't get Ukrainian prosecutors to cooperate and give them any information. Now, after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board, the company's owner, remember the oligarch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was suddenly taken off the U.S. Uh, ban list. He could come into the United States. He, uh, and you know what? Hmm. The, the, the ban wasn't the only thing that disappeared. The uh, $1.8 billion loan uh, the U.S. promised to the Ukraine, most of that was put into, a, uh, into Ukraine's largest bank. But it was, it's owned by the corrupt oligarch <laughs> that also uh, owned and ran Burisma. So all the $1.8 billion that we said we're going we're gonna to send over and we're going to help you. It went to the oligarch's bank, and that disappeared, too. Hmm. A lot of coincidences here. <laughs> there's a lot you of coincidences. <laughs> but anybody who's looked at this has said there's, yeah, there's nothing, nothing there. going on. There's nothing <laughs> going on. We're going to have the whole story tonight. It gets worse Jeez. from there. We'll have the whole story tonight, 5 o'clock. Please join us on the Blaze TV. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Beck. All right, American Financing. How is how? Well, I know how it is. I, I guess we just have to stop being frustrated by this, and we just have to we have to educate ourselves and forget about what the mainstream does. We just have to know what we know, and there is there is no way when you look at the dirty dealings. I mean, just look at the first three coincidences, Pat. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me. 
He meets his son right after he becomes vice president. His son and the secretary of state's son decide to go into business together. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're going to start an investment firm, which they don't have any experience in. Um, and then the week before Joe Biden goes to the Ukraine, he meets with not his son, but his son's business partner. OK. OK. At the vice mm-hmm. presidential mansion. Then the next week, Joe Biden is in Ukraine with $1.8 billion to help their natural gas industry. Coincidentally. And so is. Yes. The the guy he just met with. His son's partner. His son's partner. Is also in Kiev yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Wow. That's weird. And he is also uh, named on the board of directors of the company that's going to get the $1.8 billion. Oh, what a... Amazing. And a week later, his son is also appointed <laughs> to that same board. What a coincidence. Huh. There are four right there that are absolutely too crazy to believe anything else but corruption. You're listening to Glenn Beck.